And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Uh, streaming live from a bedroom. In Oklahoma City, with plates on the wall, as you can see. Those are some nice-looking plates. You got plates on your Pretty wall at cool. home, too? No, it actually scares me. If I was sleeping and one of these plates fell off, that would be a terrible, you rude get, awakening. You could get badly hurt by, you a, could. by a plate. By a shard. Yeah, shard. that would not be good. Uh, something that was good was the Thunder last night, just stomping the San Antonio Spurs, 130-114. to 114. Uh, They took it to him, Al. They did uh, without Coach Pop. You know we do have to mention that he he was ejected. Did you did you you were there right? Yeah, I was there. Did you happen to hear what he said? He yelled at the official, "Kiss my a." Really? Yeah. But that that got him both texts, or he followed it up. He said it again. He said it once, and then like kind of kept walking toward her. Yeah, and then she was just like, "You're out. Like get out of here." There had wow. to have been. I don't I don't know this to be true. I need to talk to somebody that like covers the Spurs or something. But it it felt like she was ready to get him out of there. Yeah. Because like there must be like some kind of like recent history or something between the two huh. of them. Cause it was it's pretty aggressive to yell that in the, at the beginning of the second quarter. <laughs> In yeah, a game early in the game, that's why I was so confused watching it back. In the middle of de- like the end of December, like we're it's December twenty seventh. Like, this is a very meaningless game, like Thunder Spurs, and it's not like no- nothing had happened up to that point. Whereas like the teams were like you know fighting with each other. No, like, no, 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 no. It was There's really no drama. No, he had it was. <laughs> It was way too aggressive on Pop's part and probably way too aggressive on her part as well, which made me like think there had to have been something else to this. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. there has to be something before this that I don't know about, you know, because like both of their reactions were just super aggressive, just like right, just like <laughs> right away. Like, I don't know why he would yell at her. <laughs> Kiss my hay. Like what? What? That was it was that was weird. But luckily, they have Brett Brown on the bench, who is very do. familiar with uh, coaching terrible teams. Mm-hmm. So it probably felt right at home for him. He was yelling. No. 
clapping. I mean, he's clapping. Yelling, Was he? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's up clapping, yelling, come on, boys. He uh, slapped Devin Vassell in the butt as he was running up the court after he hit a turnaround jumper. Oh, nice. Uh, he was really he was in it for the boys last night. Brett well, I, I mentioned that nothing really that exciting happened at the beginning of the game. Well, something did, and it was Poku getting injured. It's yeah. not really exciting, it's, but it was a big event. Maybe Pop just wanted to go check on Poku. You know, you what? I said maybe Pop just wanted to go check on Poku. Just needed to get tossed yeah. so he could just see if he was okay. It was a it was a weird injury. I guess I would say it was a weird reaction because if he hadn't grabbed his knee, you would watch that replay and say, "Oh, he just twisted his ankle." No yeah, that's what it looked like on the replay. And I asked, so I couldn't see it from where I was. Yeah. Um, but there's the one of the Spurs broadcast people was sitting. Just a couple seats down, and has the has a monitor in front of oh, him, okay. and he's watching it. And so I, you know, asked him. I was like, "What did you see?" He said, "It looks like he just twisted his ankle really bad." It's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and and like, I don't know. I've we've seen a lot of ACL injuries at this point. Yeah, that did not. It wasn't an an immediate obvious ACL injury in the way that like I think about like Jason White back in the day yeah. or uh, Jamal Murray recently where you can see it on the replay you can say "Ooh, something looks off with what the knee just did yeah i didn't i looked at it again too i did not see knee injury i yeah however clearly he felt pain there because he that's where he immediately grabbed and he looked to be in a lot of pain he's in a lot of pain this is this is not i so the thunder are calling it a left leg injury yeah i don't think it's just like a bum ankle. I think this is probably something that will keep him up shelved for a, a little while, which is a huge, huge bummer. He was playing really well up until that point, too. I can't. Like, literally right before the injury was playing awesome because I think he had the three and then he had a block and then it was the very next play. Yes, exactly. Yeah, three block. He had a pretty aggressive rebound. Like He's been rebounding in a way that's like very un-Poku-like. Where he's like ripping the ball from people, and he had one, he had one of those. I'm like, let's go. It's gonna be a big Poku night, and no, he goes down. And I <laughs> I would we'll we'll learn more at some point today. You know, as you're listening to this, you may already know. Um, super sucks. It was Poku's first game as a 21 year old, and now wow. he you know could be shelved for a little while. But we'll see. And I think the hope is, you know, if it is a more significant injury than just an ankle turn, that hopefully it's just not like a structural thing. Like hopefully it's not an ACL or something where we're yeah. not going to see him till next Christmas. That would be such a bummer. I'd be so sad. If, if, if it ends up being like a, you know, like what Steph is going through right now where he's, you know, out, whatever, mm-hmm. however long he's out, that that's fine. Like If he's out like two that. months or something, like. That sucks, but it's okay. Yeah, you know, as long as like he, still... he can like because like the thing about Poku is he needs to be able to get stronger, like needs to, in order for yeah. him to like continue to make progress in the league. And he he absolutely has to have the off season to get stronger, not to rehab an injury. So, like, that's where a lot of like that's where I would kind of freak out a little bit. 
because like Poku getting set back like a full calendar year of like physical development like could be pretty detrimental to his career. Or just his leg and he gets super ripped up top <laughs> because his legs are pretty big. Yeah. And maybe if he's he got just some trunks his chest and arms, he'll come back and finally be like proportional all the way, head to toe. <laughs> this is what he's I mean he are you saying this is what he's needed all along? I don't know. He's just I when when I went to that game against the Pelicans, yeah. it just stood out to me again. Like he really does have like Big legs. He's got big legs. For a guy legs. who looks so skinny. Very hairy as well. Yeah, he does have hairy legs. Very, very hairy legs. But hopefully those hairy I, legs I, are I remember okay. that being a... That, that was kind of like a mark of maturity. Or not maybe not maturity, but like development in, yeah. in middle school and high school. <laughs> Man, if you're, if you're a guy with like hairy arms and legs, like you're doing pretty good. <laughs> you know? Boku is doing pretty good. He's hair. doing pretty good. He's Twenty-one. <laughs> the Thunder are doing pretty good too with their. Uh, but what, their I play to, on the what I wanted what I wanted to bring up though. Oh. Is, okay, let, let's just for for this for the sake of discussion, let's yeah. assume it's like a prolonged injury. Okay. Unlike past years, it they don't have like the you know Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, yeah, uh, Daikite. Like they don't have these kind of end of the bench centers that mm-hmm. they typically would play in the second half of the year. But they do have some options. Now, last night, it was playing Baysmore. I think Bays played like 22 minutes. Baysmore? Baysmore, yeah. They played Kent, Kent Baysmore. And they played um, Muscala more minutes than normal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've seen them play Omarui as a center previously. We saw them go to a completely small ball lineup, a lineup that I double-checked had not played yet this year, and the it was Kenrich the lineup. lineup that stretched out the lead at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the fourth quarter. It was a giddy, that was such Jada, a cool lineup. And I, Wiggins, Kenrich. And Trey Mann. Trey Mann, yeah. Yeah, that was a cool lineup. And they cool. could get away with it because I think Zach Collins was the center on the on the for the Spurs at that point. Um, and so maybe they'll go back to that more because – they only played that that five minutes, and they kind of extended the lead, the lead, and then the game was kind of over at that point. Yeah. So maybe they do some of that. I think that lineup had a uh, a one twenty two net rating. Net rating. They plus one twenty two. They crushed. It was <laughs> the game. I mean, it was a two point game. Yeah. And they stretched it to eleven within like two minutes, and I was like, okay, now the game is over. And it was so cool that it was that lineup because. We've seen the non-Shea lineups struggle yeah. generally this season. Yeah. And so for once, they, they found a combination that kind of worked, and it's a really fun lineup. So I hope they go back to it. Yeah. Th- those were the first minutes of the season for that lineup, which is kind of wild because it's not like they've dealt with a ton of injuries. Like Most of these guys have been available mm-hmm. for the majority of the season. They just haven't gotten around to it. I think they're going to have every combination of players possible by the end of the season. Well, and so the other option who was not dressed for this game because he was playing with the G League would be the other Jalen Williams, Jay Will. Yeah. Will we finally see get to see some extended NBA minutes for him if Poku is out and trying to fill in those center minutes? I would I would rather do that than play Baisley. Baisley was so bad last night, man. He was <laughs> Yes, he was. He's a minus 8 in this game. 
in a what, how many did they win by? <laughs> 16. It was a minus eight and a 16 point win. He played and, it, and minutes, he had minus some eight. I mean, he was so bad, dude. He, was he had so, some so classic, bad. classic beige drives, and he got bailed out like multiple times with a foul call. A foul, yes. And then he went and shot two of six from the line. Dude, he dribbles three times, and I look over James Jackson, who's filling in for Joe Masato this week. I turn over to him, and I just go, Baisley time. <laughs> you just like no. You just know what's going to happen every time. You're like, and the outcome is not going to be good. Like this is not going to work. You know what's so weird? I, th- I think this only happened once, but there's only like two or three players on this team who would do this, which is, you know, along the baseline, but in the mid range, you get the ball and guys just like, like the rest of the guys aren't moving. Yeah. And so instead of like, you know, yelling at someone to move or something, the player just decides to face up and try to do like oh a, a mid range shot. I know exactly there's, what you're talking it's about. It's basically Shea. Bays and then Dort will sometimes do that. Yeah, the rest of the guys on this team just like would never even attempt that shot. Really. Move the ball, just move it. Unless it was like an absolute last resort, yeah. and in this case, I do not believe it was a last resort. No. Yeah, I I would be interested in seeing more J. Will. Did you see that line he put up in the G League? Yeah, I did. Tweeted it. Tweeted it. Do you remember it off the top of your head? No, I don't. But okay. it was well, something crazy. I can find it real quick. It was sick. It really was. Um, I will find it real quick. I'm already here. Okay. I'm already here, and I'm going to box scores. 21, um, 14, 12. Okay. <laughs> 21, 14, 12. Three steals. Ah, I added that. Three steals. <laughs> Seven for 11. Uh, against the Sioux Falls whoever's. Sky Force. Sky Force. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I would like to see more J-Will. Um, yeah, especially... I mean, he's the kind of and and honestly, the Baisley experiment is over. Like, I'll call <laughs> well, it. I I don't know if it is, but it'd be nice if that if that were true. That's if, it's totally true. It's we totally keep, true. He just played twenty two minutes. He had out of necessity, and they didn't play him down the stretch. They're like, no, we would just rather play without a big, with the way that you're playing. I mean, they yeah. did. They, that's yeah, how they no, won I the know. game. I I would much much rather see Jay Will out there, even like a struggling Jay Will out there, like trying yeah. to figure it out, than play Darius anymore. Well, especially because I thought last night was a prime example of just like how many good decision makers there are on this team. Yeah, there were so many cuts last night. Yeah, and so much interior passing. Yeah. There was a play that it ended in a block, like uh, Sohan blocked Mike Muscala. But Dort drove in, did a really nice interior pass to J-Dub, who did a really nice pass to Giddy. This is all within like the three-point line, most of it like super close to the paint. Mm-hmm. And then Giddy did a really nice drop-off pass to Muscala, who then got blocked. But like all of this is happening with like all of these guards and wings in the paint. Yeah. And I just thought it was such a cool play, even though it ended up getting blocked. And there's so many guys like that. And I do think Jay Will is one of those guys, clearly. Yeah. I mean, 12 assists in the G League against yeah. the Sky Force. Yeah, they, they trust him as a passer. And like if you ask yeah. any of the other guys on the team about him, uh, he'll talk about they'll talk about his passing. So yeah, I think I think they ought to give him a chance. I think that they 
I mean, you pick him that high in the second round. Like, why not? I mean, minutes especially are, minutes this have year. opened up, you know. Yeah, especially this year where there just aren't a lot of options. And as good as Mike Muscala is, and he is very good, he had – I mean, he finished the game with 19 points, but he had 17 points in, like, much fewer minutes. Like, early in the third quarter, he had 17. I, I asked him after the yeah. game, I was like, do you – I was like, one, do you know what your career high is? He was like, yes, 24. I was like, okay, good. Oh, really? Yeah, I said, okay, good. Hmm. Um, I said, do you start to think about like a career high whenever you have 17 in the early in the third quarter? Like, Does that something that crosses your mind? And he just like kind of starts giggling. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I do. <laughs> I started thinking about it. And then I told this on Thunder After Dark last night too, but he – said that before the game, Chet and Jeremiah were talking and they were saying, they were making a bet of who would score more points in this game, Muscala or Shea. And they were just joking around. (laughs) And they bet a million dollars that it was going to be Shea. And well, who was on the other end of that bet? I I can't. He didn't say if it was Jeremiah or Chet that bet. What it was those two betting against each other. Um, why? Why? Who? They were just who joking. Did this? They were just joking around. I it guess. better have been a joke, Andrew. That uh, that terrifies me. I know. I know. Anyways, he said it was a joke, but they. He said that. He came back to the bench at one point, and like Chet was kind of like staring at him, like, "Oh my gosh." Like you're, that do, would, uh, you're doing it. You're doing honestly, it right now. For as much as we talk about how many good decision makers are on that are on this team, if someone really bet a million dollars that Muscala was going to score more, I would worry about that player's decision making. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is that, like, as good as Muscala is, he's not going to ever play like thirty minutes a night on this team. I mean, twenty-one felt like a lot last night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they. I mean, he's one of the older guys on the team that kind of have to preserve his minutes. So yeah, they've I, I I would say play Jay Will. Like call Jay Will up, play him. I mean, if he's cl- putting up those that kind of triple double in the G League, you're ready for the big for the big league. Like don't don't keep him down there. You know, Let especially him play because Charlotte. like if if he's not going to get minutes now. When is he realistically going to get minutes? Because yeah, once exactly. Chet is back, and if JRE's healthy and Poku eventually comes back, yeah. those minutes are going to be even harder to find. So it feels like this is the sweet spot for J. Will to finally get some extended run. Yeah, because so J or Jeremiah is going to be out for weeks still. Really? Okay, yeah. I was just about to ask that. Yeah, what the update on him was. Yeah, yeah, he was. At, um, Mark was asked pregame about that. He said he's still weeks and not days away. From being okay. back. So, with Jeremiah out for a while, Poku likely out for a while. We don't know that for sure yet. I mean, who who are you starting, I guess, first of all? Well, you know, I, I was kind of wondering that because I've kind of been, like, trained to believe that, oh, they're just going to plug Baisley back in because, I mean, they've done that. They've resisted starting Muscala. Like I don't know if Muscala has any starts this year. He has one. He has one. Just as many as Darius. 
Oh, really? Oh, Darius has only started one game this year? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they don't really have a default then. Um, well, in that case, that makes me feel like there's a chance they won't start Baisley. Uh, you know, Mascala would be interesting just to help our starters have uh, a nice first quarter. Yeah. You know, start turning the tide on those on-off numbers. <laughs> start making the first quarter uh, net rating look a little better. Yeah. But yeah, why why not J-Will? Just yeah. start J-Will, and if you, if you can put, like, maybe one more shooter than you normally would. Did you think it was interesting that Lou Dort only played 22 minutes last night? Yeah, he was under the weather. Is what Mark said. Oh, he was. Game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. not that interesting. And and the other guys had it going. Yeah. Too. So he said it made it. He was like, "Is a pretty easy decision down the stretch, just to not play him because he okay. wasn't wasn't feeling well." So yeah, yeah. It's good. To, it's good to have that context because I thought the same thing, and I was asking Mark after the game. I was like, "Did you like what was the?" Yeah, because it wasn't like foul trouble or something. So yeah. I said it was just a byproduct of, you know, the other guys playing well or what was going on. He said he wasn't feeling well. So I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest. And their next game is against uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Who, uh, I mean, they have some bigs, but they're not um, that imposing either. So they no. could get away with something if they really wanted to. You can get away with that, whatever you want against this Hornets team. This Hornets get team away is, with whatever you want. It's garbage. You could play. You just start Kenrich at center. Yeah, because I mean it's it's Mason Plumley um, who's been starting for them. Mark Williams is finally getting some minutes. Yay! That's so bizarre. Mark Williams, their their Mark? lottery pick, is finally getting minutes on a team that is nine and twenty six. What a disastrous franchise! Disaster. The the mistakes they've made in drafting dude i mean just this last game okay so they lost to the uh the warriors which is pretty pretty bad in itself to lose uh, to the warriors it 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 could have been a a winnable game but even more than that Bryce McGowan's James Booknight Kai Jones DNPs in that game and you know i like there's still Mark Williams has Gordon played Hayward five play, games. He's played five Gordon, games. <laughs> Gordon Hayward played 37 minutes last night. Oh my gosh. He led the team in minutes. What's the point? What, what do, are they doing? What are they doing? It's a this is a complete disaster. They're gonna they're gonna run him into the ground. He played 35 minutes in the last game. What are they doing? Um anyways, we play them next, and I I I don't necessarily think how the Thunder start that game will be indicative of what they do the rest of the season because they can really do whatever they want yeah. against the Hornets. Teo Maladon revenge game. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a random guy on their team who's getting minutes every mm -hmm. single game. Yeah. Uh, he, Good for him. He plays over James Booknight. He plays over James Booknight. Can you... that's, a, that's a wild thought to think back about how James Booknight was getting talked about because of, like... That was the only rumor available at the time about the Thunder. So it got repeated ad nauseum and made it feel like, oh, this isn't just a single rumor. This everybody knows <laughs> the Thunder taking James Book Night. If I, were, if I were to tell you that there was a scenario where Tail Maladone was only three years later 
is playing <laughs> over James Booknight. Oh my God! If 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 you could have at predicted the draft. that right before the draft, right at right before the draft, you'd be like, "Oh, Teo must be really good." Is probably what we'd think. Oh yeah, I guess that is a a glass half full way of looking at that. Because I mean, but the thought on both the like most thoughts on guys pre-draft are like pretty positive, especially a guy that's going to go in the top ten, like James yeah, Booknight. Yeah, yeah. Like you'd think, like, oh, okay. Well, maybe he is like you know he played for Tony Parker. Maybe he's just Tony Parker, you know, in the league now. He's starting for the Thunder, you know. Hey, he is he is playing for Tony Parker's Hornets. True. So he is True. in that lineage now. True. I hope they let him start. I hope they give him the start against his former team. Over scary Terry. Over scary Terry. Let's go Teo versus Shea. The final showdown. <laughs> the final showdown. Rozier, who had like shot so well from three for so many years, has like he's like bottomed out this year. He's only like thirty one percent from three this year. He needs. Um, they just need. They need to just disassemble that entire they, franchise and just distribute the to players to different. They just need to get get these players to different teams and just like just get rid of that team. It's just well, something bad. we ha- we haven't talked about yet um, is the sale of the Suns. Mm-hmm. Which uh, the Suns went for four billion. I think that was like two weeks ago. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy for a couple reasons. One, because two months ago Forbes did their annual franchise valuations, yeah. and they had the Suns at like two point seven. Yeah, and they had the Thunder at that time at one point eight. So it's reasonable to think like, oh, well, if if the Thunder wanted to sell right now, I bet they'd get close to three billion, based on what just happened with the Suns. I don't know if you that would think. actually happen, but yeah. The, the valuations are going so crazy right now. And so you're, you're starting to hear like, okay, well, if you can get that much, we're probably going to see some other sales. Like if you're not going to cash out now, mm-hmm. if you're someone who's not like super committed to this and you are just in it for the money, like this is the best time to cash out. And you wonder if the Hornets could potentially be one of those teams. Cause MJ got that team super cheap. Super and if he cheap. could sell it for like two and a half billion, which seems like a reasonable number now. Yeah. How how could you not consider it? And that that's what it feels like they need. Like they need a complete overhaul of their franchise like from the top down. Yeah. He bought them for 275 million. Dude, what a, what yeah, he could like 10 times his money. Yeah. What a deal. He should do it. Cuz it's not like his legacy is growing by being an owner of the Charlotte Hornets. No, he's He's destroyed that franchise. Yeah. Destroyed them. Because you know that he's like got his hand in like every single like draft choice and stuff like that. So it's it's an it's such a such a disaster. The coaching choices, the the draft choices. Well, it's it, even thinking back to last year's draft, they went into that draft with two picks. Yeah. They went in with, uh, it was pick 15 and pick 13. And all they come away with is Mark Williams, who they're just now starting to play. Imagine if they'd come away with that draft with like Jalen Dern and A.J. Griffin, which they easily could have done. They could have just taken those guys if, if they had wanted to. Or like Jalen Dern and Tari Eason. Like there, there were so many options of decent players oh in that range. Gosh, dude. And they could now be building a young core. 
and instead they they took a center that they don't even want to play over Mason Plumley. Yeah, why wouldn't you take Jalen Duren over Mark Williams? Yeah, in retrospect, I mean, I know there were people who were very high on Mark Williams, and that was like a debate at the time. But when you look at how young Charlotte is now, yeah, and especially like what Jalen Dern is good at, it seems like that would be a really good fit with Lamelo. Yeah, and maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't play him either, though. Like, who knows? They probably wouldn't. Like maybe Mark Williams, if he were on Detroit, would look great. You know, like we don't. Maybe know. although the, they're a mess too. Um, Detroit is a one, one other Detroit team I want to talk about. So far as away. a mess, they're so far away. They're far away. Uh, Nick Crane tweeted out after the game last night that SGA has the same number of blocks, total blocks, as Rudy Gobert this season, which is both a amazing stat for Shea mm-hmm. and kind of indicative of how much better he's become as a defensive player. I mean, blocks are just one defensive stat, but like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it same is, same is as Jared Allen as well. Same as Jared Allen. Well, wow. yeah, but it, but it's also like, Oh my gosh, what is going on with Rudy Gobert? Yeah. And John Krasinski actually just wrote an article about like, where have you gone Rudy Gobert? Yeah. Cause he got outplayed by a, uh, a second string center on the heat. Uh, Orlando I forget Johnson. The guy's name, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, that team. <sighs> so, <laughs> if you're somebody that wants the Thunder to make the play in, you're glad to see the things that are going on in Minnesota. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, they're the team right above the Thunder right now in the 11th spot. They're actually they actually flip flopped with Golden State now. Yeah, oh yeah, you're in the eleventh spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Keep going. And um, they've lost three in a row. Yeah. And their upcoming schedule is not easy. And uh, yeah, I just wonder when that's going to happen because I think currently in the standings, the Thunder are only a game back. Yeah. What do you What do you do? Yeah, they're one game back. They can no. easily. Pass them, and they do. The Thunder do have. They have Charlotte, but then they have Sixers. They have a really weird schedule. So it's Sixers, then Celtics on Tuesday, and then they have a back-to-back in Orlando on the road after playing the Celtics at home. And that feels like a schedule loss because it's like a two and a half hour flight from OKC yeah. to Orlando, and they have to play Orlando that night. Like that's a that's a tough ask. Like that's a very winnable game in Orlando because they're the Magic, and but it's a, it's almost like a schedule loss. So things yeah. could be looking really good after tomorrow night, but then like they could lose three in a row pretty easily, and then yeah, and January in particular is just kind of a tough month. I mean, which makes sense because they're coming off what a seven game homestand. Yeah, so like, it makes sense that it, the schedule is eventually going to get tough. And on the one hand, it feels like you can look at any team now and be like, "Oh, that's going to be a tough game." Yeah. Like, like even in the at the beginning of February, where they play Houston, um, like a home and away back to back. Like, I don't know what to think about those games anymore. But the rest no of the games in January games. <laughs> are tough. Like January, yeah. if if they made it through January and they were still in the, if they moved up, let's say over yeah. the Wolves to the 11th spot. That'd be super impressive. 
and I feel like we keep having this conversation about this team. Like we yeah. keep waiting for the stretch that lets us know one way or the other what this team is going to be. They're still riding the fence. I thought by now we'd, we'd kind of know, but they're still kind of riding the fence of like we could go one way or the other. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to just think it's never going to happen. Yeah, like, this think, is just what the season's going to be. Yeah, this is about who they are. Is unless unless they pull like a, a lever at some point. The kind of nice thing is that yes, there is some distance between like the really bad teams. Um, like Detroit's down at eight wins. How is yeah. how does Dwayne Casey still have a job? He needs to get let go. For they, I don't. They know. gave up a 14 point lead at the end of a game. And like, what what what's the point? What are they doing? I don't know, man. Eight and twenty-eight. Charlotte is at nine wins. Houston's at ten wins. Beyond that, and I got to give San Antonio a little credit. Like, for as bad as they looked a month ago, they look they look like a normal bad team now. They were yeah. looking like a historically bad team. They were doing so many weird things with their lineups early on. Like Vassell was coming off the bench for them. It's like what? Like what? Like what are we doing here? You know, yeah. and now like their they've their rotations make sense now. Um, yeah, they are still getting bets. blown out. Like when they lose, they lose by more than ten points. Yeah, but I mean, they're starting to pepper in at least a couple wins. Yeah, the Thunder are just clearly a better team than them, and they're which they should be. They're further along in their rebuild. You know, they've had two drafts where the Spurs have not had their first draft yet. But this is kind of wild. So in the last, the three seasons before this, plus this season, their records are only five games apart. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty wild. And like the Thunder have made the playoffs more recently than the Spurs too. They have. Which is also I will give crazy. Spurs credit for this though. Like they actually have some players on their team they that do. once they get a good pick this year, mm-hmm. if they could, even if it's not Wemby, even if it's not Scoot, if they, but if they could add like a, a really like blue chip prospect, this young core will look a lot better than a comparable core. Like let's just say they got Scoot. Yeah. Scoot yeah, yeah, yeah. plus the current Spurs core is going to look way better than whatever Charlotte has going into next year. Hundred percent. Yeah. They need a they need a lead guy. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they've got wings. They've done a really good job picking in that kind of purgatory range, where yeah, they you just don't usually don't get guys, you know. And Devin Vassell, where they got him, was a really nice pick. He's a really good player. Um, Keldon Johnson late in the first round that was a fantastic pick. Uh, yeah, I, they've done it. Yeah, they've done a solid job of picking. Guys, and now they now they just need there is they need a star, and they're still I mean they're a long ways away. Yeah. Um, what what, do you, what did you think about uh, Jeremy? Who, Jeremy, uh, I like him. He's really fun. He's a really fun player. I mean, he can handle. He can pass. He, he just can't shoot at all. Like he just scores yeah. around the basket only. You know, he shot a three last night. It looked pretty putrid. Um, <laughs> it did, and not just because it missed like I, i'm not i'm i know nothing about like shooting techniques or anything but yeah that it, stuck out to me when i saw him shoot that three yeah it's he's i don't know but they had him playing point a lot of the time that he was in the game 
Like he was organizing mm-hmm. the offense quite a bit. So I believe in him as a player. They've got shooting around like Keldon and Devin Vassell. Like those guys can really shoot it. And so as long as you don't have multiple guys that can't shoot around him, then I think like he's definitely a building block piece with those other two guys. And then you add like if they're able to add a top two pick to this, you're feeling pretty good if you're the Spurs. Yeah, I, do you think there's any chance that Sohan could be a small ball five? Yeah. I mean, he's super strong and really yeah. smart. I think, I mean, in not like full-time, but like none, none of the guys that play small ball five play there full-time. Like P.J. Tucker and Draymond and those guys don't play full-time five. You know, they they'll do it to close games or – in like a really big game they'll do it but for the most part they play next to like a more traditional big and so i feel like you kind of have to do that and maybe they hang on to purtle like everybody wants to talk about trading purtle i i think there's a chance that they extend him and just keep him so you know unless they get Wimbenyama, then then like maybe you want to let him go but if they get scoot henderson if you're san antonio and you don't like being this bad you just keep Pirtle and play those guys. I don't love the fit with Sohan offensively, but defensively, like those guys, those guys, they had a stretch there where they blocked. I don't know, it was like three or four blocks in a row, where like yeah. the Thunder kept driving. It's like man, like they just like shut down the paint, and so you could see the fit there. You just need you just need you know Sohan to. Uh, to shoot it at some point, but he's like really far away from being able to make an impact there. We uh a few guys we should also mention, Trey Mann back. Had a great game. Had a great, great game. Had a great game. And and he had a he had a fun game against New Orleans too. I mean yeah. that that final floater against New Orleans, mm-hmm. if that had gone. Yeah. I mean what a storybook ending that would have been a crazy story. It's also crazy that he had the ball at the end of the game. <laughs> yes. Uh, and have you been noticing they've been giving him the technical free throws? They're tr- they are doing whatever they can to pump him up. Yeah. And it seems to be working. Like He had that step back last night on Roby where it was like, okay, there he is. Dude, you know? I thought his step back on uh, Zach Collins earlier in the game was really nice too. Yeah. I mean, I know these are like big centers, but they tend to like make the step back look prettier because yeah. they just can't recover as quickly. Oh, they can't recover at all. Like they can't get to him. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it's just good to see that because a lot of his stuff lately has just felt like spot ups and drives and, you know, it didn't feel necessarily feel like Trey, you know, like his, yeah. his game. Last night, you finally got to see it, where it was like, oh, okay, there's Trey. And, and he's another guy who can pass on the team. He had some outstanding passes last night. He did. Yeah. He's somebody, and it's just funny. Like He's just getting to these like pockets of the season, and you know, like people are like, riding Trey off. It's like, just, like, just chill, chill out. Trey actually had three setbacks. He had one on um, Vassell last night, too. Where he just is finally looking like himself. He ran the court. That the J Dub 
chase down. Oh yeah, you posted the picture. By the way, that was an awesome picture. By the it's such a cool picture. It's a one. It's a great picture of J Dub because like you can see in his eyes that he knows that he's gonna get it. And then and he was started from way behind too. He was like five or six feet behind Keldon Johnson, and I yeah, and I I was like, oh man, he's going for it. You know, I'm watching this is happening like right in front of me, and I'm like, oh, this is like he's really going for it. And then when he gets there. Like right, but like just a smidge before Keldon Johnson, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Like that was like an incredible play. And then he taps it over to Trey, who ran the court too, and Trey got an easy bucket. But that was easily the hustle play of the year. Like there's there's not a lot of, I mean, they they hustled a lot last night, but that one just really sticks out as like, okay, that felt like a moment, you know? Yeah. He's got some of that Kenrich in him. He does. This, I mean, honestly, Kenrich is such a huge part. Like, I think the whole like they're the heart and soul of the team stuff is kind of BS a lot of times. But like, I think like, Kenrich is definitely that guy for this squad. Like, with, he is with, for sure. I thought he was really good defensively last night. Kenrich is is really awesome, and the fact that he wants to stay. I mean, I hope that the Thunder are in a position to make the playoffs in the next two seasons, you know, cause you'll be able to, then like you get to play like prime Kenrich in the, yeah. pl- in the playoffs. And that's where you're like actually going to see his value. Like you can see his value now, but when games like really, really matter, like you have to win games. I think people are going to be like, wow. Like how did the, like the Thunder have been kind of like keeping this guy. You know, hidden yeah, from would, the it, world. It would not shock me if there's like a playoff game in the next couple of years where Kenrich plays like 30 minutes in a game just because he's so important to what they're doing. Without a doubt. You know, we talk about like all the time, like, oh, I wish that we could have had this guy or that guy, you know, in the Russ KD era or a guy like this. You know, I think we talk about a lot of these guys probably a little bit too favorably. You know, I think we've probably even said it about Lindy and Isaiah Joe and all these guys. And, like, those guys are, like, it's fine. Like, they've played well. Like, Kenrich is legitimately one of the guys where you're like, man, they could have really used a guy like him because he can play, like, two through five. Yeah. And play anywhere you need him to. I mean, and he, he would have been really good off of Westbrook. He'd been, Ru- Russ would have loved to play with him. He's yeah. like the exact kind of guy that Russ would would have just absolutely loved to play with. Like, it's like Russ loved playing with Andre, and you know he's Andre that actually has an offensive game. You know, um, some we, well we, we briefly mentioned J Dub who had another very good, very efficient game. Yeah, though it is interesting looking at the th- this was tied with the fewest threes they took all season. Yeah. And you didn't really notice it in the game because they were making so many. You know, they shot 54% from three. Yeah. But it's just wild that there's there were only three guys last night who took more than two threes. And it was Dort, Muscala, and Trey Mann. I mean, it's cool that they were able to accomplish that. At the same time, I look at this box score and I'm like, we have to find someone who is... This looks like a box score like, from 2004. Yeah, like a really good shooting game from 2004. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, they made 13 threes? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, that's the wow. only thing I worry about right now with this team is that it just feels like 
And it's not because and and it, last year it was because I thought like, oh my gosh, we have no one who can shoot. Yeah. Now I'm actually feeling a lot more positive that we have some shooters on the team. It's just we're not taking very many of them. Yeah. Um, and I know that J Dub hasn't shot well this season, but like I still have yeah. faith that he's going to become a three point shooter. I'm feeling better about Giddy, and I still feel good about Shea, who took zero threes in that game. Zero. Yeah, Nero. yeah, before the Zero game, Shea is like practicing threes and looking really good doing it. But yeah. Yeah, Giddy hit that one three. It was wide open. Just like just wide open. And he took it really confidently and made it. It's like it just look it looks so much better than it did last year. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I thought that was an interesting quote. I don't know if you posted it, but him talking about how it's not just mechanical it's also shot selection yeah. and learning what threes to take and what threes to turn down. Yeah, I was I I asked him that. I, I just was curious how this three ball felt, especially the the shot from the corner just stuck out to me in that game where he yeah. like, jab stepped and took it with somebody in his face. It's like that was an interesting one. It's a bad shot, but like you must feel pretty <laughs> good taking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's. It's great, and you know Chip England is is a big part of it. Just it's not only, yeah, like get your you know left thumb out of that shot, but it's like also like mentally, how are you? How do you feel about your shot? You know, and the the thing that I really thought was was interesting was like he just told them was like you don't have to prove to anybody that you can shoot. Like stop trying to prove to people that you can shoot. You know, which I think a lot of these guys like feel probably frustrated to hear like, oh, this guy's not a shooter. This guy can't shoot. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and they're like professional basketball players. <laughs> That's their job is to put the basketball in a hoop. And there's people out here, idiots like us out here saying that they can't shoot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, I got to prove, I got to prove it to people that I can shoot the basketball. And he's like, just, and he's just like, just get that out of here. Um, yeah, looking at the box score, I wonder how many games, how unique it is for them to have more assists than three-point attempts. Um, this wasn't one. That's got to be an extremely unique team. stat, like across the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but this wasn't like one of their highest assist games. But I did think it was one of their best passing games yeah. that I've seen this season. Yeah. Yeah, Shea was awesome. Giddy was incredible again. You know, Trey, like we mentioned, was really good. Mascala's not like a not a he's not even like a good passer, but he just like knows how to make the right reads. Yeah. And, you know, is I thought he just functioned so well within the offense last night. You know, you could just you could just feel the difference between him and Darius, you know, when like when either one of those guys are out there. Like everything felt so easy when Mike was out there. One, he's spacing the court. He's making the right passes, and the ball's not stopping. You know, and that's what they want. Like that's the way they want to play, and that's the way that Jay will plays as well. So, well, you just yeah, and, and when when they're like offense is really clicking, where it's just it's like drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and interior pass, interior pass. Yeah. Like, it can look really good. Yeah. Um, same with the Spurs. Like they had some moments last night where they were passing the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for two super young teams, I think that's really impressive because we've we know that there are teams around the league who are also young, who look just 
disgusting most nights on offense. And and to be fair, like OKC's offense has been really bad the last couple of years. Yeah. But they've been laying this groundwork, and I do feel like it's starting to pay off because they have the guys on the roster, which is something we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, have we talked about Andrew yet, James mm-hmm. Harden, and the rumor? No, I was gonna. I wanted to bring that up specifically with you because I think that there there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of meat on this bone here, Al. Yeah, I mean, so if you don't know, on Christmas Day, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but on Christmas Day, Woj made us first... all very aware of this. Yeah, Woj. In in what in retrospect felt very random, perhaps not random timing right before their game yeah. comes out with this report that this summer, when James Harden has a player option, there's a potential that he would want to opt out and uh, explore a return to the Houston Rockets, who will have a lot of uh, cap space, and I think they could offer him something like forty five million if they really wanted to which perhaps they do. And, you know, I think the initial obvious reaction from people was, oh, this is just a leverage play. Because if you look at this summer, like what other team could he possibly use as leverage? There aren't very many teams with cap space. And even the ones that do have some cap space, are they really going to be believable? Like I think the, right. the Spurs might have cap space. Like is anyone really going to believe that James Harden might go to the Spurs? Right. And so – the Houston Rockets as as just this leverage play seems kind of obvious and kind of perfect for him because of all the history with Houston and maybe he would want to go back. It seems though cuz then we had the subsequent reporting from Jake Fisher that this is real and he actually loved being in Houston yeah. and loved being the man in Houston and maybe wouldn't mind going back there and if they're not really in a position to win who really cares because there's a lot of other great benefits of going back to houston yeah i haven't heard that on, on christmas day i was i'm in like text groups with like a bunch of people from around the nba and like people are saying like yeah this is like a widely known thing which is super interesting in and of itself yeah and honestly if james harden did it like credit to him because sometimes you just gotta be be honest be honest about what you enjoy. Yeah. Be honest about what you like and just go do it. Just go, just do, go it. do it. Who cares? Like, what are the ch- realistic chances of him getting a ring at this point? It's going to be really tough. He's going to have to engineer some crazy trade again if he's going to leave Philly. And if we don't think Philly can win a ring, he's going to have to en- engineer some crazy trade to another team that is like loaded up with stars. Could he try to do that again? Yeah. But he's, he might be or thinking, take a pay you know cut what? or take a pay or cut. take a pay cut. Yeah. He might be thinking, man, I loved it in Houston. It was great. I was the man. If I went back, they would still love me, even if I didn't win. Yeah. And I could retire a rocket. I'd probably get a statue. Like it's it's not an awful plan for James Harden. Everyone's always gonna think of him as a known loser, you know, when it comes to the playoffs and stuff. Like I don't think there's anything he can do at this point beyond winning a ring, which is win. super hard to do, that's going to change people's perception. So yeah. I kind of respect it if that's if that's what he really does end up doing. Yeah. <sighs> now, but the Thunder relevant part is I, that <laughs> I was going to say that's all great. We have why would the you Houston Rockets do this? pick next year? Why would you want to do this if you're Houston? Why would you? Because they don't have a plan, and I don't think they've had a plan, and I don't believe that they have a plan other than just be bad, collect young talent, 
and then we'll figure it out at some point. What I think is interesting is, okay, let's say they use all their cap space because they probably would have to use all of their cap space to bring Harden back. Yeah. Do they then make a trade where they're trading some of these young players to actually try to be oh my gosh. competitive? Can you competitive. imagine? Like, I, I don't think they would trade Jalen Green, but I could definitely see them trading Shengun. Oh my gosh. If, if they needed to. Like, I mean, I think about the guys who have value on that team. It would have to be like Jabari or Shingun. They obviously would want to keep some of the like, you know, Garrison Matthews, some of these guys who could potentially be role players Tari. on a competitive team. Tari Eason, uh, Jay Sean Tate, they would keep him. Yeah, yeah, Jay Sean. They, sure. they could, they could, they could free, keep Eric Asian, Gordon. Right? He might be. Yeah. You got to resign him going to the tax, Andrew. We're going to the tax. Oh gosh, no. bro. Uh, but yeah, I think about that pick. Which, like, okay, let's say Harden's not there. I don't know what to think about that pick because I think they still could be terrible next year. Yeah, definitely. Like if, regardless of who they get, even if they got Wimby, I wouldn't be instantly convinced that this is like a playing team. Mm-mm. So I would be scared of losing that pick. If Harden goes, I'm much more confident OKC would get the pick. And I kind of feel like it would be in a sweet spot type of range. Would they? Could they be good? Could they possibly? They could, be... could they possibly be a play-in team with Harden there? I don't know if they'd be a play. They they could be. I would say they could be because you think about how bad that team has been offensively, and how everyone who watches them night after night always says they have no idea what they're doing on offense most nights, and it's because they're being run by you know KPJ and mm-hmm. Jalen Green, mm-hmm. who either just aren't. You know, Jalen Green maybe just isn't a primary ball handler yet. And then KPJ just might not be good, (sighs) even though he does put up a lot of stats. If you put someone like James Harden running the show, all of a sudden Jabari Smith is probably going to look a lot better. Shingun is going to get the ball more. Yeah. Jalen Green is going to get a bunch of wide open looks. Like that will be a functional offense. So I definitely think they'd be better. They'd be awful defensively, but they're awful defensively now. So, yeah, I, I could see it, though, where OKC could potentially get a pick in that, like, 10 to 14 range. He turns 34. He turns 34, in and they're going to give him – let's give him max. How many years can we give him? He turns 34 in August, and he's already slowing down. I know he's been better well, lately. Like, yeah. Great. Well, that's the other thing. If they did do it, it also opens the door where they could get off to, like, a decent start, and then James Harden gets – you know, an old man injury, and 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 the pick Andrews starts like handy. fluctuating more in that like six to ten range. Yeah, honestly, if you're a Thunder fan, you're rooting for this to happen. I kind of am rooting for a tab. That's where I ended up at, yeah. because if it doesn't happen, like maybe they use their cap space to bring in, you know, some role players. Like who who are they going to get? that's going to matter. And I'm just worried that they're still going to be so bad, not just because they're still young, but also because the West is still so good. And I don't see what their clear path is to breaking through to get up to like the 10th spot, let's say. Yeah. It still feels like even if they improved a little bit, they'd be in that like 11 to 13 seed range. Yeah. It's fascinating though. It is. And it's, and if you're, I mean, there's so many angles to this because we haven't even mentioned Daryl Morey. Like, if if that's how this all ended up, 
I mean, I think that has to be a, a massive hit on Maury. Like, even if you can justify all the individual moves, if this is how the whole Sixers, not just the Sixers experience, but like leaving Houston for this, trying to recreate it in Philly, and then being spurned by your own guy who then leaves to go back to the place where you made your name. I mean, um, that's good stuff. It is good stuff. It's a great storyline. And I think it's very possible that it occurs. And then, and then, what do you do if you're Philly? Because you still don't have space. You still have Tobias I Harris. I know. Although I, he might be, actually, does he have, still have two years left? I think he has one year left. Okay, so he would at least be an expiring. But still, they would be in a position where if he really left in free agency, that means they're not getting anything back. Mm-hmm. And yes, I get that they they wouldn't want Ben Simmons, but they also gave up Seth Curry, and they also gave up a, at least one pick in that deal, Yeah, the the Simmons-Harden deal. So they're, they would be asset poor. Like, we have at least one of their picks from the Horford deal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they do. And then you start wondering, oh, does Embiid demand a trade at some point? And then does it all blow up? If that's how all this ended, that would be... Maybe. I mean, Sixers fans have been put through a lot. Yeah. I think that could be a, a breaking point for some of them. Yeah, that would definitely be a rise to Ricky Sanchez must listen. Yes. If uh, if that indeed happens. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely possible that all of that transpires. You know, like, I, there are lots of teams in the East that I just like a lot better than Philly. And that I think will are more are better suited to to win in the playoffs. Like betting on yeah. James Harden to win in the playoffs, not a, not a very safe bet. You know, someone in the comments also mentioned they'll probably have a new coach at that point, which is true as well. So you add in a coach. They to should that. have already had a new coach. They should have already had a new coach. That's probably true. The as fact well. that Daryl like continues to defend Doc. And like he has oh, to, I was talking about Houston, but yeah, oh, Doc as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Houston. <laughs> yeah, Houston should also already have a new coach. <laughs> Both are disastrous, disastrous. And that's where you can tell. Like, Mark has done such a good job, and he's been. He's like he's very respected around the league. Where like, yeah, you're a you're a bad team, but you can still have like an identity. Like, you can still you know, make this look functional, which is what Mark has done. You know, when you have, but then like you have Dwayne Casey in Detroit, like we've mentioned, like they, it's unbelievable. They have, they have the worst record in the league right now. And I know Cade's out, but you know. But this you could, is their fourth year. I know, but you could, I was going to say, but you could say, well, the Thunder have Chet out, you know. Yeah. And I I don't know, man. I guess all these teams and and we'd probably be saying the same thing too if we were fans of those teams. We'd say, "Yeah, we do want a new coach, but at the same time, why would you make that change now? Like who cares? Like yeah. if at this point in the season, you're just gunning for that top pick." Yeah. So, if keeping that coach around makes that an easier path rather than bringing in someone who like Oh my gosh, he's actually inspiring the guys, and they're all of a sudden playing really well. Yeah, true, like, true, true. So maybe maybe they just all wait till this summer and and make a change then. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that recent uh that recent Detroit loss, I was reading James Edwards uh piece about that. It just it the way he described it just felt like a for a team that hasn't won a lot, it even that game felt like a more significant gut punch than normal. Yeah. They've lost six in a row. They're one and nine in their last ten. I mean it's it's not good. And for a team that's that far along in their rebuild. Like you just like you just want to see like a glimmer of hope. Like just give me just give me a, a glimpse of this team like being functional. You know. And Yeah, like I was about just, to say they could they there. could use a guy like uh Trey Mann. Like I think about what Trey Mann would be able to do on a team like that who kind of is needing someone. Yeah. Like that. But then I think like they have Jay Nivey. Like that that's kind of Yeah, they have Jay Nivey. Yeah, yeah. What he was billed as, so Yeah. Detroit feels very far away right now. And if they I mean if they got Wimby and you get Cade back, Wimby and Cade, like, okay. Like you just like kind of Yeah, there there's you, so many teams where if you get Wimby or Scoot, none of this matters, nothing matters. Yeah, if Charlotte cares? got the first pick. And they got Lamella well, and Wimbledon. They're the one team where I'm like, <laughs> I know, but still, still like matter. you would feel so much better about them instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just got, if they just got Wimbenyama to pair with Lamelo, then you're like, okay, like that could be like a one-two punch, you know? Yeah, yeah. That you can be saved by the draft, or if like Detroit or Charlotte fell to like fourth in the draft. And like I really like this draft. I think there's a lot of really good players in this draft. But I think if you're looking for the best player on your team, I don't think it's clear who that would be at four in this draft. I'm not sure who that I don't know who that is. I think it's Wimbenyama, Scoot, Amon Thompson. And then like you feel good about those three. And then the rest, it's like I think there's some really good players. I think Brandon Miller is really good. I think Kim Whitmore has got crazy talent. I think Kaysen Wallace is like a freaking madman. I think Anthony Black is super fun. But is it like clear that those guys can be the best player on a team? Like, absolutely not. There's there's gonna be one of these guys that pops. Like, I mean, Shea was picked, you know, late in the lottery. Like, no one knew that he would be this. So somebody is gonna pop. Yeah. In this range that you just don't know. But I'd be so scared if I'm picking five or six, and you're like, gosh, we need. Like yeah, we, we, we have to hit. Like, if you're Detroit, you have to hit on this draft. If you're Charlotte, you have to hit on this draft. And if you don't, like, it's scary. Like, the Thunder don't you, – if you're the Thunder, you're feeling really good because you don't feel like you have to hit in order for things to, to turn around and for things to get better. Like, you feel like, oh, kind of what we need to get better is, like, just to get older. And like, if we can continue to yeah, add for talent, sure. like you feel pretty good, and well, a lot of it depends on Chet too. One of the topics that's been coming up on the Discord, as people have been sharing some of like their favorite prospects, is just how many big wings there are in this draft. Yeah, which feels like it's setting up really nicely for the Thunder, because mm-hmm. that would be the one you know archetype, especially if it was someone who could play next to Chet. Yeah that if you could get that guy and it sounds like there are a couple guys in this draft who might fit that mold and might be in whatever range we're thinking the thunder might end up in. Yeah. Kind of like that back of the mid lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's guys, there's guys there. Anthony black 
It's very, very thundery. Very, very, very thundery. Super young. I think he's one of the younger guys. Uh, that is, that's going to go in the lottery. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some guys. Kim Whitmore, who I, just, I need to see a lot more of him to feel good about him. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Miller, it's really fun. Yeah, there's some guys. There's definitely some guys in this draft that I think could help, like, fill roles, you know, now that you feel pretty confident that Shea's, like, the guy. I was talk. I talked to a scout from the Mavs last night. It was just like the reason that I know that Shea is like one of those top tier players is like you you cannot mess with his rhythm. Like he, you can't slow him down. You can't speed him up. He is he is going to dictate the way he plays. You also can't like upset him. You can't get in his head. He did get super upset with Tony Brothers last night. Really? Yeah. What was he mad about? Tony Brothers called him called the travel on Shay. So Shay's driving the lane. He gets hacked. And then Shay and then Shay walks after he gets hacked and throws the ball up and it goes in. But he calls the travel. And Shay mm. it was the most animated that I've seen Shay all season with regards to a call. And he's very adamant that he's like, I got fouled. Like, he fouled me. Like, he hit me before I walked. Right. And he he was yelling at Tony Brothers walking up the court. Like, you just don't see that, you know. Repeated it five, six, seven times. And then Mark steps up as as Tony kind of walks toward the Thunder bench. And he's like, he's, he said, you know, he's like, He's like whenever whenever Shea feels like that, he's almost never wrong, you know. <laughs> I was like thanks, thanks, Dad. Um, but almost, almost never. Yeah, it was really funny. It was just a funny moment, and I thought I thought Shea was going to get a tech, honestly, because he was like he was not stopping. I was like, okay, this might end up getting Shay teed up here, but I don't know. It was also funny. So the uh, the Spurs broadcast. There's a there's like the guy that the, that you that they throw to like, you know, three or four times a game where it's like he's he's there. Um, he's just like their third guy in the booth basically, and so he they throw it to him and he's like, "Hey guys, you know, Shagos Alexander six weeks ago said that you know the officials are are humans too." And they make mistakes as well. He's like, well, ever since he made that comment, he has gotten the most foul calls in the NBA. <laughs> like, that was a great, great spot. That was really good. It's um, a good stat. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great Hey, set. it makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. You go the opposite way. You go the opposite of Luca, who I don't, I don't think you want to go the opposite of Luca with what he did last night. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy line. It's crazy, it like, crazy. Line. It doesn't even make sense. I can't remember who tweeted it. Someone's like, "That's not a basketball line. That's a locker combination." <laughs> Dude, and and I, and the Knicks, man, they were so close. Because I said on Slam and Jam over the next eleven games, I was looking at it and it was looking like seven and four. And if they just won that game, they would have been on track because they have like two games against the Rockets and a game against the Spurs, and then the Suns. 
So they would have been on track for seven and four, and then they blow it in just like the most excruciating way possible. They did everything they were supposed to do until that last couple of minutes. And uh, and so now the Knicks are almost back to 500, Andrew. I'm missing everything you're saying because I got my four-year-old in here making demands. Oh, what's, what's, what's he doing? What's up with him? Uh, he's needing some food. Oh, he needs some I'm food. Here so you didn't get him right any now. food for Christmas, Andrew? No food for Christmas for you, child. Wow. No, he's he's hungry. My, uh, my mom used to put a bell pepper in my stocking. Really? Yeah. Wow. Not not as like a troll. I, I really like bell peppers. <laughs> what specific color? Man, I'll, I'll I'll do any of them, but uh, you know, red and orange. You yeah, know, are kind of my go-to. Yeah, red and orange are like definitely better than like a green, right? Yeah, but you also have yellow, and then there's Yellow's these uh, striped ones, striped red and yellow, mm. which I sometimes see at the at the grocery mm. store. Mm. I'm super into like a like a red or yellow or orange bell pepper as well. Green is so it's just like okay. Sometimes green can taste nasty. Yeah, sometimes they're not good at all. Sometimes they're not good. Yeah, it's like when they throw too many on the pizza, I'm like I'm way out on that, way out on that. Uh, we should tell people this Friday, Slam and Jam is back. It's back. With Josh Robbins and the Wizards are three and one in their last four games. Unbelievable, huh? They've beaten the Suns on the road, the yeah. Kings on the road, and then they beat the Sixers last night. Yeah, that was a wild one. Wild. Thank Maybe, you. Thank you to the wheel. Shout out to the wheel. If if they because they still have one more game, they they play. Uh, actually, this is a tough game. But it is at home, but it's a back-to-back against the Suns. Yeah. If they win that, if they'll they be win, the final game before Friday. Dude, if they win that. We're going to be feeling pretty good as Zards fans. Yeah. Yeah, feeling insanely good as a Wizards fan. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, listen to Slam, Slam and Jam. If you don't listen to it, you can find it on the Athletic NBA show. Subscribe to the Athletic NBA show, please. That would be great. That's like basically like my main project that I'm working on all the time so please uh subscribe to that uh hope you guys enjoy the rest of your wednesday and we will talk to you guys again on friday As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.